This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Philly Stam, your host James Seltzer. It is May the 5th, Tuesday. May the 5th, Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo. As another day, another rumor. We'll get into that. We'll also talk a little JT Real Muto today, the extension, and uh, dive back into some more Phillies centric topics. Talk a little bit about this team, how they look. As Look, we're all hopeful. We all want the baseball season to start. We want to see games. However many we can get, we will take. So let's start there as the uh, rumor du jour, as it were, as it does seem like every day there is a um, a new story, a new rumor, a new thing to believe in. Yesterday, it was former Major League Baseball player, former Philly, Trevor Plouffe, tweeting out, Want some good baseball news? I just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, spring training two will start and July 1st will be opening day and all teams will be playing at their home ballparks. Hey now, Trevor Plouffe. Uh, I hope your word is gospel. <laughs> so Trevor Plouffe, um, of course, former player, former Philly, had that big walk-off homer against the Dodgers in the 16th here at Citizens Bank Park a few years ago. Um, so people have come out and refuted the, the Plouffe rumor. Keith Law, for one, I saw a tweet about it and say there's no truth to this rumor. Um, I, of course, am all in on on hoping it's true. I do. Um, look, it, here's the thing, and there's a lot of layers to this, um, and we'll get to the Ramito stuff in a bit. Um, first and foremost, I, I, I still struggle personally to see how the every team in their own stadiums is going to work type of thing. I hope. I love the concept. I would feel all warm and fuzzy knowing that even if we can't go, the Phillies are playing a baseball game just down the street at Citizens Bank Park. I mean, that would be cool. That would feel like baseball. And I think watching the teams in their own stadiums would feel more like baseball, as it were. Um, I, again, I just it feels like there's too many hurdles to clear for me from a safety and health perspective. And again, look, this is all fluid. This is why it's hard to believe the Plouffe rumor because... We just don't know enough yet. It seems like baseball doesn't know enough yet. Obviously, it's clear from the amount of leaked stories, the different number, many different numbers of rumors we've heard that baseball is doing everything in their power to get back on the field and play as soon as possible. I mean, that's clear. But as we've also discussed, there are so many hurdles on so many levels, logistical hurdles, that they have to clear for this to make sense. And I think, 
obviously the number one hurdle is the health and safety of the players and everyone involved in making baseball happen. And I just, right now, where we're at and where this is kind of trended to, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to play in their own stadiums, that something other than some form of quarantine is going to be the way to go about bringing the game back. And I know people have cited South Korean baseballs back, and that is very exciting, but there are also less cases there in, in South Korea. The the outbreak has been curbed more so there, so it's a, a tough comparison to make. Um, again, I'm hopeful. The other thing is you would think that, look, it's May 5th. You would think that if they're going to start planning stuff out, that they start to make some decisions moving into the future, especially if we're talking about June 10th is a month away. It'd be a month for them to decide to get everyone in spring training, for them to set up these stadiums, set up the how it's all going to work. So it's not like it's that much time when you think about all the logistical hurdles they have to clear. Like we talked about, I mean, we haven't even gotten into today. We've gotten into before, but all the financial hurdles that need to be cleared, what the players are going to want, what the owners are going to want, the lack of gate receipts, how all that's going to influence whatever plan they decide to go with for, for bringing baseball back. So... There's a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks in the air. Um, And again, I just think that the other big thing, the other big question mark, and I know that in the very first plan that baseball talked about, they mentioned the idea that if someone on a team did come down with the virus, that it wouldn't be something that would automatically stop the season. Whereas the South Korean League has said as soon as one player tests positive, they're shutting the league down for three weeks. So... There's no way Major League Baseball is coming back with the intent of shutting down if some one person contracts the virus. I mean, it's just too big a thing. Too many people involved, too much logistically to handle to just say as soon as someone gets it, all right, we're shutting down. I just, I don't see it happening. Now, if multiple people do, maybe, but I just don't see it happening. That's why I think that they're going to have to figure this out ahead of time. How are we going to handle these types of things? Because look, it is very possible, especially if they're going to play at their own stadiums and if they're going to live at home. And that's the thing is like, and you're starting to see it already with the nice weather around here, at least, I don't know. Um, you know, if everyone's around the Philly area, but but as it's gotten nicer, you know, it's you see, and people are being very good. They're social distancing for the most part, but I'm seeing more and more people out and about. Like, whether it's going for runs, whether it's going to certain areas of the city and this or that or whatever, there's more people going out. Once it gets beautiful out, it's going to be harder and harder for us to curb the social interaction. Curb, you know, it's not going to be as easy for people to just shut in in their houses and. I think the idea that baseball players would be living at home and playing games at home and not interacting in some way or another or not doing something with other people is is hard to believe. I think that is uh, naive to think that that's going to happen. I mean, look, Mike Trout already complained about having a quarantine, you know? That that's and again, part of that was to be away from his family, but it also he implied you can't expect us to just go to a hotel and hang at a hotel all day. I mean, so I think that the idea or the potential for a player to test positive once the season starts is very realistic. And I think something that they're going to have to quibble with coming in. Again, I think it is unlikely that baseball would do this mass undertaking you know, with thousands and thousands of people affected and working and this and that. 
um, just to to potentially shut it back down again. I feel like it's an all or nothing type of thing. Like they're all in unless there's some sort of outbreak within Major League Baseball. I think it's very likely that that they have a contingency plan where if a player tests positive, he is quarantined and the rest of the team gets tested. And and look, that's the other key to all this that we've talked about a bunch is that it all comes down to the testing. You know, they they have to be able to test these people on a daily basis. Now in Korea, I believe they're taking temperatures and whatnot. But then you get into the whole situation of if you're not actually testing people, then they could be asymptomatic and then they might not have a fever, but they could still carry the virus into the stadium and give it to their teammates and this and that. So it's a really tricky thing. I mean, logistically, it is it is a, a nightmare on every level. And that, you know, obviously, and that's, and again, that's not even talking about the optics of everything, talking about the idea. That's what we've talked about a bunch with the tests and all that, the idea of, of it's just a flat out horrible look for Major League Baseball if they are going to, you know, have all these tests when, when, America at large can't get those tests. So that's another non-starter as far as I'm concerned. They have to wait till tests are more widespread if they're going to test players on a daily basis because that's just a bad look and, and it's not right. So that's another hurdle to clear. So I've said many times I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful that baseball is going to happen because they want it to happen so badly. And I think everyone involved wants it to happen from the owners on down to the players, even though there have been some beefs or disagreements or whatever about how it should and can get done. I still believe that everyone involved wants to play baseball. Everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to make their money. And on a basic level, I think it's good for America. I think it is something that we need. We need that sense of normalcy. We need that sense of getting back to what we do. I mean, you start to get into a a spot where you feel like this is never going to be different. Like life is always going to be this. And and it wasn't for for, for our entire lives. It's only the last couple months that life has been this, but yet it, it, it completely takes over. It's like, when will we be able to walk around without masks again? When will we be able to congregate with people again. I mean, will anyone ever shake someone's hand again? I mean, all these things that are just basic parts of of our society, of the way we go about our lives and all that have been so um so affected and and maybe for a long time the way we act and interact and all that will be affected, but I do think that the return of sports and baseball, America's pastime does would symbol at least a step towards getting back to what we do. And I I think that that's an incredibly important thing on so many levels for America, for the people of America. So I am hopeful and I believe that everyone involved wants to get it done, so on and so forth. So I'm hopeful that it will happen. I believe that it can and I do believe still that it will happen. I am still leaning towards it will happen, but it's still a... um, I just still think there's a lot of hurdles to clear. And and again, the plan that's been proposed, I just, I don't know if it's feasible. But again, look, I, I won't fight it. If this Trevor Plouffe rumor proves to be true, I'll say thank you. Let's go. You know, in. Cool. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. I'm willing to try. Um, but again, I just, I don't. I don't see how it works that way. Um, but again, maybe it's posturing to say, hey, we tried to do it in our own stadiums. It won't work. We need the players to go to three places like Texas, Arizona, Florida, whatever you know they decide to do. So either way, 
I think the timeline makes a lot of sense. I think the idea of, look, we've been hearing for the longest of times that end of June, July was was the goal, right? I mean, that, that's kind of been the, with every story you hear, I mean, it, to be fair, they even said it earlier at points, and that's been pushed back. That's the thing. It's all fluid. It's so fluid. We just don't know. None of this is sure. Something can happen that can change everything. If there's a second wave when we reopen cities, this and that. I mean, there's so many factors to this that, that are, you know, hard to really grasp, wrap your head around. But um, I do think that they want to play baseball. I think they're going to figure out a way to play baseball. I just don't know if this plan or not will work. But I do think that the timeline makes a lot of sense. I think baseball around July 1st is a fair thing to hope for. I just think they have a lot of hurdles to clear before they get there. All right. Let's get back to talking a little Phillies, which we'll continue to do this week, as I'm sure we'll continue to react to the many new plans that continuously are um, heaved heaved upon us. Um, and tomorrow we'll get into a couple more Phillies issues, uh, like Reese Hoskins. Will he ever be the same? What's going on there? But uh, today I want to talk a little bit about the JT Romito extension, um, lack thereof, I should say. Uh, you know, when the Phillies traded... Sixto Sanchez, Jorge Alfaro for JT Romuto. Um, I think all Phillies fans believed it was with the idea of re-signing Romuto in an extension, and and it's actually something the Phillies have talked openly about. I mean, they have talked about how how much they want to sign Romuto and how they feel confident that they're going to figure it out and that JT Romuto will be here for a long time and. Look, I think with the Bryce Harper situation only underscores that the idea that Harper came here and has said many times that, you know, the Phillies have promised him that they're going to spend the money it takes, that they're going to do what it takes to compete during his prime while he's here. And I mean, re-signing JT Romito after giving up serious assets for him is a major part of that. So, um, I'm still optimistic they'll get a deal done, but. I think they've kind of screwed themselves a little bit in the way they've gone about it. I think first and foremost, going to arbitration with him, and they they won the arbitration hearing. He wanted twelve million. They ended up at ten. Um, I think that look. I think arbitration on a basic level creates some level of animosity. I know that Romuto seemed to be a pro about it. Seemed to be really cool, saying he's just trying to set a number for future players. And the Phillies were, oh, it's just not a big deal. It's just what what happens. But I do think that with this specific case, it feels like the Phillies were trying to have their cake and eat it too. That the Phillies wanted to wait because of the luxury tax, which is something we will talk more about over this week. Um, And it feels like they kind of played this incredibly poorly. And yes, they got unlucky with how things have shaken out, but now JT Romuto's in a situation where all he's going to have to do is make it through like 100 games and he's a free agent. And you would have to assume that he's going to get more money on the open market then if he decides to sign now, I don't see at this point, and this has been something where it felt like the Phillies had really made it seem like JT Romito was not going to reach free agency. Like he was going to sign an extension before that came to pass. At this point, I don't see any reason why he would. I mean, if you're JT Romito, what's the upside? You're so close. Like, yeah, you're 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 saving the the small-ish chance 
that you have a serious injury over those 100 games. Other than that, I mean, all the upside is to wait. I wouldn't sign if I were him. I would test it out. I would wait and try and go to the market. I mean, he's the best catcher in baseball. I think pretty uniformly agreed upon. He's a catcher who I think is going to age pretty well. And, and I think that's the the one piece of leverage the Phillies have is the fact that JT Romito is a catcher. <laughs> I know, of course, that sounds silly when we're talking about leverage, but it is something that matters. I mean, JT Romito is someone who, um, he's 29 years old. He's going to be 30 next March. So if you're signing him to a long-term deal, you're talking about, let's say it's a five-year deal. Um, you're talking about his age 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 seasons. So that is not prime type of stuff. So I do think that's an advantage for the Phillies in the sense that, um, you know, they they will look at the situation and, and I think other teams will look at it and say, well, we're not going to give that guy too many years, right? Um, I do, on the flip side, think that Romuto should age pretty well. He's someone who didn't play catcher until later in life, you know, played shortstop before, someone who maybe doesn't have the same wear and tear on the tires as... A lot of catchers of days past. He is someone who obviously has shown the ability to play a lot of innings, a lot of games, and that's something that should help his cause. Uh, on the flip side, though, going back to something that helps the Phillies' causes, in theory, you know, we don't know what the economic ramifications of this whole situation are going to be for baseball. It'll be that. That's something we haven't talked a lot about. Um, but it's something that's going to be really fascinating because a lot of these players, and again, who are going to be free agents, whether there is a season or not, and we, again, have talked a lot about hoping and, and thinking there will be a season, but let's say there isn't. All of a sudden, JT Ramirez is a free agent. Um, but we haven't really talked that much about the potential for that free agent market to be depressed because we would be coming off either a no season, like we just talked about, or a season of, of diminished income for these franchises, and I'm not going to say collusion or anything, but I wouldn't be shocked if if Major League Baseball teams all understood, hey, we're going to lower this here. We're, we all can't afford it. We're going we're gonna to depress the market. And again, I'm not saying collusion or whatever, but like the idea that almost an understanding of like, hey, I'm not going to go crazy if you don't go crazy, because... No one can afford to go crazy right now. I wouldn't be shocked to see something like that. We've seen examples of that in the past in baseball. Um, and certainly, I think in this specific situation where every single team is going to feel the brunt of that financial impact, I think we could see a depressed market. So I do think that there is at least some optimistic slant on the idea that if Romuto doesn't go, if Romuto does go out on the market, then maybe it wouldn't cost quite as much for the Phillies to bring him back as it probably should cost. I mean, either way, the Phillies played this poorly. There's no question about it. I mean, the Phillies played this poorly. They should have, they should have just signed this guy. They should have signed him. I mean, JT Romuto is such a big part of this team now and into the future. The best catcher in the sport. Obviously, defensively, easily the best catcher in the sport. Also, Bryce Harper's best friend on the team. I mean, it just feels like you bring in Bryce Harper. You promise Bryce Harper, hey, we're we're in, brother. We're going for it, Bryce. Let's go. Come here. We're going to get the players you need to win, and we're going to go win a World Series. And and I think that that's what Harper believed when he came here. And, and 
I don't know. If they don't re-sign JT Romito, then if I'm Bryce Harper, I'm I'm saying what the hell. I'm saying what are we doing? You guys promised me. You guys said that that we're gonna go all in and, and make some runs here. And I think if you let Romito go, especially after giving up your top prospect in the organization, this is a team that is bereft of young, talented players, and certainly at that position. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him later in the week, but Spencer Howard is the, the one shining beacon of light who you feel can come in and be an impact starter for this team for the next five years. Sixto Sanchez would have absolutely been another one of those. I mean, I think you feel a lot better about this franchise's pitching moving forward if it's Sixto and Spencer coming up in the near future, right? I mean, that's it's a different situation, but I liked the trade for Romito when it happened. I was okay with it, but it's all predicated on having the guy more than two years. I mean, that's a massive, massive part of this deal. Like, having the guy more than a year and a half, it's going to look like at this point. But, you know, a year plus under games or whatever it is, I mean, that's that's massive. You can't trade a top prospect for a guy like J.T. Romito and then not sign him to an extension. You just can't. I mean, it's malpractice. And I do think that if, if that's the way it goes, if J.T. Romito becomes a free agent and signs a deal with another team because the Phillies are either too cheap or um, – because he ends up getting just a, a outrageous deal from somebody else, then then I think that's a, a massive mistake by the Phillies, and I think it's something that Matt Klintak has to kind of answer for. I mean, that's a big, big miss. And I do think the luxury tax played a role. I think the luxury tax has been a, a way too big a factor for this Phillies team over the last year and a half, two years, whatever it is, that you know, the, the concern over the luxury tax. Again, that's why they didn't go out and have more pitching this offseason. They didn't want to go over the luxury tax. And they talked about, oh, we'll go over it at the deadline, you know, if we're good or whatever. That's our plan to go over it, which was uh, silly to begin with. I mean, why build your team that way? Why wait and see? Like, why not go into the season and get 90 more games of a certain player than wait till the deadline and then go over the tax and still have to pay the penalty for going over the tax? It didn't make any sense to me, but that was their philosophy. And I think that with this Romito thing, they they really were too concerned about the luxury tax. They didn't want to sign him at that time and put that on the books. And they've backed themselves into a corner where now all of a sudden JT Romito, again, unless the market is so depressed that the numbers are just much lower than they would have been. Other than that, the potential for that, JT Romito has all the leverage. This guy's got 100 games left, 90 games left, 110 games left, whatever it is, they end up playing or maybe no games left before he's a free agent. And the Phillies traded real assets for him. And oh, by the way, actually need him to be compete. I mean, we're talking about the Phillies as a borderline playoff team as it is, as a second wild card team or whatever. And again, look, all this changes with different divisions and different things if that's how this season plays out. But on a basic level, they're a team that was a uh, fringe playoff team, like a, a, a contender for the playoffs, but not a lock. That's with JT Romito. You lose JT Romito, it's a whole nother issue that you have for this team. So I think they've really bungled this Romito situation. You hope they can figure it out. Maybe they can convince Romito that the market is going to be depressed and don't risk it. You can't wait. You want to sign now and make sure you get money. I mean, who knows? Right now there's a freeze on signing and trades anyway, so nothing's going to happen at the moment. But um, I think the Phillies have kind of really played this Romito situation poorly. And I think that the result is the situation they're in where we don't know if J.T. Romero is going to be a Philly next season. If I had to bet, I would bet they figure it out. 
they sign him. I think that there's just too many, too much downside to not doing it. Um, but again, look, he's also a catcher heading into his 30s. So that's a, you know, it is what it is. It's a tough spot where he's going to probably want more than the analytics will say he deserves. And yet, taking the analytics out of it, you almost have to pay him it just because the way your team's built and the way it's set up and what you gave up to get him. So it's a sticky situation. It's not cut and dry, but I do think that ultimately the Phillies will get it done because I feel like they have to get it done. I just don't know how it'll all shake out, and obviously there's a lot of factors at play there that play a role. All right. Um, fingers crossed, I guess, is the takeaway tomorrow. We'll talk a little Reese Hoskins. I hope that Reese will he get back to who he used to be. Is that guy there? Is he ever coming back? We'll talk about that, a whole lot more Philly stuff, and uh, continue to react to any potential news or rumors we hear about the return of baseball, which we are all waiting patiently for. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today, right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.